Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. I'm Hamsini Karthik, your host for this edition of the State of Economy podcast on finances. Well, we did take a bit of a long pause on this topic, and I'm sorry, because that's also because we had to find a very good topic to talk about. Well, we have with us today Aurobindo Nandi, who's the Indian economist and vice president of Nomura. Aurobindo is here with us to talk about what sense to make of inflation numbers, how to really read the growth data that we're seeing, and etc. There's a lot of optimism in the air, but how much of optimism can truly hold water? Or are we building scenarios ahead of them really panning out in reality? In fact, to decode whether we should look at numbers with a little bit of caution is also another reason why we took a little more time to come back to you with a good edition of podcast. Now, listening to this conversation with Aurobindo Nandi, thank you so much for joining in for this edition of the State of Economy podcast. It's a it's a pleasure to have you with us, Aurobindo, um, and we look forward to breaking down uh, some parts of. Uh, what came out a couple of days back uh, from the rbi as minutes of the npc meeting um this is one of the few times where the members of the npc unanimously voted in favor of rates to stay at 6 and a half we've had a little bit of dissent in the past how do you read this unanimous calling to 6 and a half as that inflation is stubbornly high inflation is only stickily in, in the current range how do you read it Uh, well i mean uh, the way to look at it uh, in my perspective would be that uh, there is more consensus within the mpc on how on one how inflation the how the inflation trajectory is the inflation risks are and two and very importantly is um, sort of how to tackle that inflation and um, i think whatever divergence there is will probably be on the margin in terms of where the growth outlook is and i mean to be honest this has been uh, th- there are some remarkable parts of the mm-hmm. inflation jigsaw because um, mm-hmm. you know we had a sharp rising inflation in uh, july right mm-hmm. in june july at the, at the time when um, uh, tomato prices sort of yes. uh, hit the roof and maybe just you know went through the roof and then the concern then and if you've been looking at sort of the prices since uh, yes tomato prices have come off but very lately uh, you have uh, uh, onion prices again starting exactly. to pick up and uh, yeah. i i guess the worrying aspect is also that um, the broader food basket right so if you consider things like um, cereals like pulses uh, like spices uh, eggs these have also gotten pretty expensive Now, Now, yes. um, overall, so this tells you that food inflation is uh, elevated. But the reason why you know the, it's it's an interesting uh, enigma is because is that despite higher food inflation, inflation expectations have actually been remarkably well anchored, right? Okay. So, um, and and inflation expectations, by the way, is a very important input that goes into the way Monetary Policy Committee thinks about its uh, about what it wants to do on policy. So, household inflation. inflation expectations thing in the last policy came down to um, sort of in, in single digits for, um, mm. after a very long time um, and we've also seen sort of core inflation um, sort of uh, capped now i mean the thing to understand is that how is it that an rbi or as a matter of fact any central bank um, how is it that they are going to counter 
higher food inflation. After all, the RBI is not in the business of going out into the fields and growing crops. The, the way the RBI or any, again, any central bank deals with this is to say, all right, um, these pressures have happened, which is independent of what we do. But what we really want to prevent is what in economics is known as generalization of pressures. So mm. higher food prices kind of spill over to um, higher prices of other goods and services, which then would mean that the RBI would need to hike policy rates to, to sort of bring down the uh, level of the, or the momentum of growth to control mm. prices. Now, this is the no, this is theoretically how it should be. Now, what, what has turned up is that inflation expectations haven't been that elevated, right? So if inflation expectations are not elevated, the second round effects or rather the spillover of higher mm. prices onto the broader basket mm. hasn't really happened. And given that is the case, the MPC has much more confidence around inflation saying that, look, yes, inflation uh, went above our uh, our upper tolerance level of 6%. But as of September, we expect it to, and it uh, as they correctly forecasted, inflation sort of came down below their 6% mark. And, um, and, and we look through this. We will respond. And, and it's, I mean, one of the things that has been characteristic of uh, MPC's communication, of Governor Das's communication over the past um, um, several meetings, as a matter of fact, is uh, sort of to say and underpin the fact that, look, inflation is elevated. It's still a problem. We still need to tackle it. We can't let our guard down. And I think that message is is sort of being recurred. Um, across. So that's that's not being diluted. But all what the RBI is saying is that, look, if these are transitory shocks that are happening, um, yes, there is a... Pro- so in the MPC minutes, they did mention that, look, if you have a number of these shocks sort of come one yes. after the other, that's not a good thing. That is yes. difficult to manage. But, you know, for given the levels of shocks that... Uh, given that these are supply-side shocks for now, um, there is... And, and given the fact that uh, inflation expectations are uh, anchored, core inflation is not rising. In fact, every month we see it moderating. Um, so there is no need for us to raise interest rates at this point. And um, external MPC members have in the past and continue to um, sort of um, say that, look, we are looking at real interest rates. So essentially, yes. the, the interest rate now minus sort of the inflation one year ahead, they are at optimal levels and we really don't want to raise it anymore, which could then jeopardize growth. So I think in that perspective, uh, the MPC seems to be coming to a sort of consensus that, look, there is Goldilocks macro at this point by by which I mean that inflation, uh, the, the underlying inflation is sort of under control and uh, growth seems to be fine, at least in terms of the headline numbers. So the need for um, the, the MPC to disturb the status quo is not quite there at this point. Perfect. You mentioned a very interesting uh, phrase there, a Goldilocks situation on interest rates. Before we uh, touch base or before we elaborate more on that point, how do you expect that the whole interest rate scenario is going to pan out for the whole of 2024? What is your expectation? Or, Or if not for the whole year, at least maybe June, July, because we'd have seen two festive seasons, a new year, a sober new year, and then life as normal. 
So, I mean, uh, so first thing, uh, Goldilocks, is, what I wanted to sort of put out is not Goldilocks interest rates, but rather Goldilocks uh, macros. So Goldilocks, uh, our Goldilocks macro situation is when you have the best of worlds. So your inflation is under pretty much under control and your growth is fine. That's the best scenario. Um, the bad scenarios are when either of them start showing signs of stress. And obviously the worst scenario, um, and I'm not sure we've selected a Disney character for this but in that scenario we have when both growth and inflation growth is falling and inflation is elevated so look i mean in in terms of where we see uh the the growth cycle i think for um uh, for fi24 we think it's going to be around 5.9 percent now this is below the rbi six and a half percent uh number uh in the near term i think growth looks pretty fine i mean um it it rose um to around 7.8 percent in uh in the first quarter of the fiscal year. Uh, the second right. quarter is also likely to um, see robust growth. Uh, but I think, uh, there, so there are a few headwinds there. One is the fact that, you know, consumption seems to be a bit skewed in the sense that, and you see this a lot in the data that you get that, uh, say, for instance, SUV sales doing well, which are mm. frequented by um, sort of people with better incomes at the top of the pyramid, while uh, uh, small entry-level cars and mm. two-wheelers have been struggling. Even in, in the sort of rural indicators um, are yet to kind of uh, reach the kind of recovery that people, the swift recovery that people were uh, expecting. Plus, I mean, let's not discount the fact that we've had a really erratic phase of monsoons, um, even though you might argue that overall monsoon has been uh, much better than earlier anticipated. But the the funny thing about, mon or the weird thing about monsoons is yes. that um, if, if it's not uniform, or if it that doesn't is. rain at the time it's supposed to rain, that yes. also causes disruptions. I mean, what's happening to onion prices today is, is a reflection of late monsoons. So yes. uh, the, the, the crop, the Kharif crop is yet to enter the market. So in, in those perspectives, whenever you have a sort of bad spell of monsoons um, and your sort of sowing starts getting impacted, then that has an impact on rural uh, demand too. Um, on the investment side, the government has been very aggressively spending. I mean, the the fiscal numbers that we sort of see every month uh, seem to show that you know it's 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 all engines blasting. So they're, they're certainly doing a great job there. I think the question sort of which um, often uh, you know one has is that how much of this is really driven by government and how yes. much of it is the is the private capex coming up? Because um, when government uh, capex starts slowing, let's say you know we are coming to the end of the year, we've, we are in into um, elections, um, then, you know, how much would private CapEx kind of support that? And over and above all of this uh, is the fact that um, you have um, a very weak global situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and, and, and you alluded to this uh, before, which is that we, we, we sort of reached interest rates globally where probably, you know, a generation has never seen such high interest rates. Right. And and um, the open question at this point is how um, these economies would react 
to these interest rates, how fast inflation will come under control, how durably inflation will come under control, yes. um, what would happen to growth in these situations? I mean, for instance, despite interest rates being so high, uh, the the hard data that's coming from the US, for instance, is um, is pretty okay. It's it's actually quite healthy. So the question then that the Fed has is, should I hike more or not? So the point yeah. is that you've spent the whole of this year tightening the screws of monetary policy, right? And the message, the sort of consistent message that we are getting from global central banks, and as a matter of fact, also from the RBI, is that we are going to stay higher for longer because for longer. they clearly see inflation as a problem. So then the next question is, if that is indeed going to be the case, if central banks are going to stay higher for longer, then what would be the impact of that on the economy, on growth? How fast or slow will you know the growth uh, slow down? I mean, the, the sort of common um, parlance which is used in markets is, is it going to be a soft landing or a hard landing? I mean, who knows? It could be a crash landing for all you know. So we, you, you, you don't know. And I think this it's a very uncertain global uh, environment, right? And it actually uh, brings me to uh, one of the one of the doubts, one of the questions that I've been having for a very long time and uh, waiting to ask. When there's so much uncertainty around us, did we take a very early call in passing rates? Should we have been with the flow, gone with the flow? Maybe if not 25 dips, India by now, we're very used to doing a 45, 35, every number possible. Should we have should we have done something innovative like that? Just keep the momentum going instead of taking a long pause, a pre, pre-warranted long pause or a, or a much earlier judged long pause. I mean, look, I, I, I don't think so. And that is yeah. primarily because um, ultimately the RBI is a flexible inflation targeting central bank. It is not, it's not a currency targeting central bank. So it's, um, mm. so the uh, presumably the argument that you have is that, well, you know, um, the rates differential is sort of getting lower. But the point yes. is that um, RBI is not in the defense of the currency with interest rates. For that, you have forex reserves. Right. So, I, I mean, and I think it's important and which is what the governor uh, keeps saying in many forums. And I, I think at one point, it, I'm sure there'll be a level of, uh, you know, frustration that markets don't accept as cleanly. What he's trying to say is that, look, we intervene based on um, volatility in the forex markets. We obviously look at all the global factors, but we react to domestic factors. And I think that that is exactly what a flexible inflation targeting central banker ought to be doing. Um, so I think it's it's on point there. Um, our growth has been um, doing okay for now, right? And um, but there are, as I as we just discussed, there are certain vulnerabilities within the growth story. Even if the RBI sort of has a six and a half percent projection for FI twenty four, I think there are these concerns, of course, in the market and. Um, Apart from that, I mean, let's look at inflation. Inflation has been moderating. Core inflation has been moderating. The sequential momentum in core inflation, right, has come off quite sharply. And mm. um, and probably, I mean, in a long time, we've seen such such sort of rapid fall. And part of it is because input costs have come off quite a lot, right? Yes. So input costs have come down. So goods um, are 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 uh, the core goods for uh, is is sort of reacting. Uh, lower to it. So in such a situation, the RBI, I think the RBI has timed this perfectly. I mean, in the sense that, and, and the point is that, look, the RBI is not saying that um, our guard is down. It's it's sort of not saying that it's it's over tomorrow if inflation yes. pressures start to pick. I mean, by the way, our stance is still withdrawal of accommodation, which technically means, so it's not neutral. 
right? So neutral would mean I can either hike or cut. Withdrawal of accommodation essentially means that well, I'm you know I'm still tending towards the side of a of of aggressive of hiking. So. I think the the RBI is sort of in a point where they've said, okay, we've we've hiked quite a lot, right? My growth is stable for now, so it's fine. I am yet to see the, or I am currently seeing the transmission of higher interest rates uh, okay. within the system, and um, and by I I mean sort of you know as 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 the RBI, um, and um, and my inflation the the core inflation is moderating, and my inflation expectations are coming down. And after all, I would raise interest rates to control that, so that is still under control. So um, and I agree that uh, you know it could be that there are upside risks to inflation, but for that. I am communicating to markets that um, we are um, we are we are going to be nimble. We are going to be alert. So as of now, I think that um, given our growth inflation metrics, we are at uh, uh, we are fine pausing. I think that's that that is uh, a good policy to have. Perfect. And on that note, uh, do you also believe that rates are here to stay at six and a half for a long time, maybe till uh, June, July next year? You don't expect, you're ruling out another hike, if at all, because global markets are continuing to hike a little. Yeah, but again, see, if you hike along with global central banks, right, Mm. then essentially you're hiking to control the currency. Okay. And I mean, the interest rate, foreign inflows coming into India, interest rate is just one of the many factors that are um, that are in their uh, sort of uh, purview. So um, mm-hmm. it's not no guarantee, for instance, that you'd say, OK, I would raise interest rates and definitely I will see an impact on currency. But more importantly, uh, the priorities will be completely at loss if the RBI decides to uh, use interest rates to defend um, currency and I especially see. at a time when your forex reserves you've got decent forex reserves so you know why not there, there are many lines of defense before you even think of dismantling your the whole um, uh, policy setup i think we are in a point of long pause as opposed to any further hikes um, given where we are forecasting growth and inflation um, we do think that once the growth cycle kind of turns and once uh, maybe uh, indicators on the growth side start to weaken and inflation sort of remains um, um, under control, the underlying inflation remains capped, um, then the RBI might um, sort of move or get more confidence to get into sort of a cut zone uh, next year. So, yeah. So from we have our first uh, cut so far, uh, our base case is it's penciled for uh, April and then we have 100 basis points of cut. Uh, next year uh, in our baseline scenario. But um, on the hike side... And I are think you projecting sort of... for the cut? Any timeline that you're uh, having for the cut? Yeah, so, so as of now, we are thinking of uh, April as the first oh, cut. That's not far from now at all. That is uh, not far from now, especially when um, time goes so fast, yeah. <laughs> right. And um, I take your point on the factor that uh, interest rates is just a component of flows. It's not a determinant of flows. I completely take it. But we very recently say that, you know, the current quarter GDP number should surprise us positively. You read numbers day in and day out. Are you seeing signs of it? Are you seeing signs of being positively surprised? Uh, Diwali surprise from the economy before Diwali? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the numbers have been, the high frequency data has been coming out pretty strong. So there's no okay. doubt about that. I mean, there, there, you could question in terms of, you know, the nuances which we discussed earlier. Okay. But notwithstanding that, if you just look at the headline numbers, it's been uh, pretty good. I mean, we've had uh, sort of decent uh, uh, sales numbers for, um, at least for passenger cars. We've um, sort of um, seen, um, at, at least in August, we saw very good performance for or, uh, merchandise trade, although in September it kind of moderated. So September numbers are a little duller compared to August, yeah. right? But mm -hmm. if you compare the average of uh, the the quarter, uh, so you know July, August, September, and you compare that with uh, April, May, June, um, we 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 seem to be at a healthy place. The industrial sector is doing pretty well. The recent core sector numbers have been pretty good. So um, all things put together, I, I won't be surprised if um, uh, if the the number that comes in in um, for the next quarter is uh, is strong. I mean, look, there is always an element of uncertainty because uh, even in the last quarter, uh, there was a big component of the GDP growth side. Yes. Which was which had which was just statistical discrepancies right so yes. Um, and obviously, the the way it works is that you know you've got a GVA, which is Agri Industry Services, and then and then you try to match that number with consumption, investment, government spending, net exports, and whatever is not explained for then is sort of um, attributed to statistical discrepancy, and then later you know you come up with uh, uh, that that is sort of reconciled over time. But the point is that when you're when there is such a high statistical when is there such a high discrepancy component, I mean it does as focus it makes it a little tricky to figure out, well, okay, you know, what's going to happen next? Because for all you know, that discrepancy might, because that discrepancy is not in the air, right? It is either part of consumption or it's part of government spending. Or it's part of something which is not being captured, right? So, uh, so there is a level of uncertainty which is there. But that said, I mean, um, the general indicators per se seems to show uh, good uh, momentum. A governor in a recent, Governor Das in a recent interaction uh, media interaction seems to say that uh, he is looking at upside surprise to that yes. number. And uh, I mean, um, to give credit to the RBI, they've actually done a very good job in terms of uh, forecasting growth in, in, in recent times. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think that the high frequency indicators sort of uh, tell you a different story to that. So we should be getting a decently good quarter. Awesome. Uh, uh, just staying put on interest rates, uh, one other thing that interest rates sort of uh, get managed with is the flows in the country, the the domestic uh, currency flows, currency circulation, etc. That has been a little on the low side, but it's not having a subsequent implication on the demand for money. Uh, that that mismatch is somewhere still there. Do you see that getting bridged, getting gap uh, gap down, and do you see interest rates playing a part in doing that particular uh, job? I mean, um, presumably you're talking of currency in circulation. Now, um, typically uh, in in festive times, um, CIC mm. does come under pressure because people end up sp sort of using a lot of money to, um, to spend, uh, sort of using cash to spend. But um, look, I mean, one of the things the RBI did in its uh, October policy is this whole thing of we could do OMO sales, right? Yes. And the whole idea of that is that you um, suck out some of the liquidity in the system. Uh, 
so you really want liquidity to be lower. Now, the mm. reason why um, this was quite surprising for the markets is because uh, markets felt that uh, uh, if you look at, if you kind of play around with the numbers, then liquidity deficit is likely to, um, the liquidity is likely to be under pressure in in the coming uh, months which sort of begged the question uh, when and uh, what trigger will be required for the rbi uh, to 